0: Does the pragmatic meaning of words apply to mathematics and logic, and thus to science with its great successes? The great present success of science has made it the new demigod for the powers that be, or one of the new demigods for the powers that be. It is important that you understand how its language is really the same as conventional language, except for two techniques. Science reduces its language to statements that can be proven false, and it is allowed to synthesize or assume contradictions in order to ignore or avoid them. Mathematics, logic, and science are intimidating because of their present complexity and success. But there are many other uh, creations of the human mind out there that are just as complex. For example, uh, the law. If you find any law library, it is full of uh, books that would be equal in quantity to most science libraries. However, the difference is that the law library is essentially worthless at any given time A judge or a politician can do whatever they want to do if they think they can get away with it. The whole purpose of a law library is to simply give fake credibility to what is going on with the law. But this is different with uh, science and its use of mathematics and logic. Science creates uh, views problems, creates theories for those problems, and test them to see if they solved the problem. The whole goal is to solve the problem, and it does this by creating theories that can be proven false if the problem is not solved. However, we should not forget their beginnings. No one is walking along, no one walked along and tripped over mathematics. Geometry began with the need for ancient Egypt and Samaria to measure land for tax purposes. Algebra began with the need for merchants in the spice trade over long distances between Asia and Europe, the Mideast, and China to keep track of products, sales, losses, and profits. Logic began with rhetoric and the politics of ancient city-states. Unlike conventional language and language created solely for illusions, such as the law and its law libraries, in which ambiguity is often a good thing, for these purely practical purposes in which getting the problem solved in which getting taxes, profits, losses, and argument correct, Ockham's razor applies, and simplicity is much better than complexity. Uh, being clear is much better than being ambiguous, and actually solving the problem is much more important than creating an image or a, uh, some type of normative basis pretending to solve the problem. Theoretically, if the human mind were great enough to handle the complexity, We could do without the language of mathematics, as pointed out by the philosopher Hartree H. Field in his book, Science Without Numbers. Another example, according to general relativity theory in which space-time is a relative concept, theoretically, one can construct a model of the solar system and even the universe in which everything revolves around the Earth. However, this model would be incredibly complex and far beyond the ability of the human mind or any of its present computer creations to model. So we accept a simpler version of the earth revolving around the sun because it's simpler, thus uh, provides more clarity, and it works. It solves our problems so far. By making these statements, I do not intend to belittle mathematics, science, or logic. What these branches of thought have done in terms of giving humanity greater power over the reality out there, trying to kill us, is so incredible to believe as it becomes so common that it is unfortunate that we now take it for granted. For example, when a tsunami drowns 20,000 people in Japan, the modern media and those who watch it complain and cry about the nuclear reactor meltdown that killed no one, is a ridicule of science instead of complaining and crying about the natural world killing 20,000 people. Far more people are killed each year by nature than by science or by fellow humans. Eventually, some scientific mistake may or may not kill humanity. We know for certain, however, that eventually, without doubt, the solar system or the universe will kill humanity. However, it is important for the working person to know that science, mathematics, and logic do not negate religion's hope for answering the existentialist question that neither science, math, nor logic can answer. Why is there something instead of nothing? Even though in the end, as pointed out in the the theology podcast, since we are using language to contemplate religion, in the end, even the meaning meaning of religious hope has to be pragmatic. And by that I mean, does a particular religion work in making a flourishing society that achieves power over reality? As I have discussed earlier, and probably will discuss in later podcasts, science as reason and logic does not create morality. Science works for whatever morality wants it and for whatever goal that morality has, be it gas chambers for genocide or weapons to fight genocide. When you are faced with a problem and your will for power over life, you seek explanations that work in achieving that power. The simpler the better, since the mind can only handle so much complexity. Do numbers, general categories, sets, classes, theoretical terms, concepts, do these terms exist in reality as Plato argued they exist in the same way that chairs, tables, and two-by-fours exist in reality? Is experiencing a mathematical puzzle and solution the same as experiencing being hit in the head with a two-by-four? By By themselves, these are meaningless questions to be expressed in language. The question is, do they work? Yes, they work until they stop working, and as at that point, they stop having meaning. As Quine put it in his paper, uh, The Two Dogmas of Empiricism, a part of which is quoted on the Philosophy of Language webpage, Uh, He stated as follows, Science is a continuation of common sense, and it continues the common sense expedient of swelling ontology to simplify theory. As an empiricist, I continue to think of the conceptual scheme of science as a tool, ultimately, for predicting future experience in the light of past experience. Physical objects are conceptually imported into the situation as convenient intermediaries not by definition in terms of experience, but simply as irreducible posits comparable comparable, epistemologically to the gods of Homer. Let me interject that for my part, I do, qua lay physicists, believe in physical objects and not in Homer's gods, and I consider it a scientific error to believe otherwise. But in point of epistemological footing, the physical objects and the gods differ only in degree and not in kind. Both both sorts of entities enter our conception only as cultural posits. The myth of physical objects is epistemologically superior to most in that it has proved more efficient than other myths as a device for working a manageable structure into the flux of experience. Close quotation mark. In the next episode, I want to further clarify or try to get into more detail about these two traits of scientific language restriction to words that can be proven false, and its ability to assume or synthesize contradiction in order to hide the contradictions.